I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome to Play Me, your ticket to some of the hottest shows by award-winning playwrights. We're back with part two of the sizzling play, Wildfire, by two-time Governor General award-winning playwright David Paquette, translated by Liana Brody. Here's a quick recap of part one. Claudine, Claudette, and Claudia are triplets who live in the same triplex and share a troubled past. Claudette keeps her son in a cage. Claudia had an affair with the mailman and mailed her baby to another family to raise it. And Claudine communicates with the terrible cookies she bakes. They are reeling from growing up with a mother who used to yell at them that she wished she had used an IUD. And tragedy strikes when Claudette's son sets a fire. I note to our listeners that this play contains mature themes, including suicide, and may not be suitable for all listeners. This is part two of Wildfire by David Paquette, translated by Liana Brody. My brother has a wife, two kids, a pool, a dog, and a cottage. I have a basement apartment. He's always saying, Colm, you spend your life in front of your computer. Don't tell me you're happy. I tell him, no, actually, I'm not happy. He gave me an address. He said, go play cards there instead of on the internet. You'll meet lots of people in your situation. I asked him, my situation? What is my situation? He said, you know, loser. He was right. I went. I wish I had known the last can of meat I opened for shortbread was the last can of meat shortbread would ever eat. I would have opened it more slowly. It was the garbage man who called. They said, ma'am, we found your cat. Great, under one of our trucks. Sorry. I put the phone down, closed the curtains, turned off the lights and stopped going to work. Sometimes at night, I could hear shortbread murmuring, it's your fault, you left the window open. It's your fault. After a week of your fault, your fault, it was high time I left the house. I picked up the paper and looked at the classifieds. I found social evening, card games, Holy Union Parish Hall. Sandwiches will be served, all welcome. So that's where I went. It was in a church basement. I was the only one there whose hair wasn't white or gray or gone. I turned right back around. 
On the stairs, I came face to face with a man. We didn't know each other, but he seemed happy to see me. Her hair wasn't white or gray or gone. I smiled at her. She smiled back. Then, on an impulse, all of a sudden, out of the blue, I said, Would you like to go to the cafe across the street with me? We could play Dragons and Kings. I have my deck and my coat. Dragons and Kings. Me play Dragons and Kings. I said, Do I look like a princess? He replied, Yes. We went to the cafe across the street. I explained the object of the game to her. To save all of humanity and the kingdom of peaceful dragons by staunchly battling the evil forces of shadow and destruction. And here I thought we were just getting a coffee. Near the end, I drew the card of the Tree of Life, which healed the grievous wounds inflicted on our armies by the Order of the Damned, which allowed us by a hair's breadth to save all of humanity and the kingdom of peaceful dragons. She drew the Tree of Life! (laughs) That's the most powerful card out of all 255 cards. It It healed the grievous wounds inflicted on our armies by the Order of the Damned, which allowed us, by a hair's breadth, to save all of humanity and the kingdom of peaceful dragons! I was happy. We looked at each other without speaking, amazing the conversations eyes can have in five seconds. As we were leaving, I asked her if she wanted to go see a movie Friday. She answered, Do I ever? The next day, I called my brother. I told him, I changed my situation. And then I described Carol for 20 minutes. He asked me, Do you like Carol more than YouTube? I answered, Do I ever? When I got home, I called the distress center. I told them that next Friday, I was going to the movies with makeup on. I couldn't see them, but I know they were happy for me. That Friday, we went to the movies. And the Friday after that, and the Friday after that, we did four Fridays in a row. Each time we went to see a movie and then to a cafe to play Dragons and Kings. We called it Column and Carol Fridays. At the first movie, we ordered two small popcorns and two small drinks. At the second movie, one large popcorn, two small drinks. At the third movie, one large popcorn, one large drink, two straws. The next time, it was one large popcorn, one large drink, one straw. One straw. Just one. It's as if we were kissing, but by correspondence. I wanted to tell her... Carol, you have lips like ripe fruit. Instead, I decided to arrange a little surprise for her the following Friday, and I knew exactly what it should be. The next week, there were only three movies playing that we hadn't already seen. Theater 2, S.O.S. Tarantulas. Carnage on a cruise ship when thousands of deadly spiders make their escape. Titanic meets arachnophobia. No, thanks. Theater 5. Flowers in Springtime. A woman struck by leukemia plants a garden to leave as a legacy to her children. Personally, I find films about growing vegetables annoying. Theater 7. Woofy. 
having made a wish on his 30th birthday, a man wakes up in the body of a dog. Family comedy of the year. Maybe a few years from now, with our kids. I said, they all sound good, you decide. All I could think about was my surprise. I wanted to get to it as fast as possible. I picked the movie that was the shortest. We went to see S.O.S. Tarantulas. And then something happened that had never happened in four column and Carol Fridays. We didn't get popcorn or drinks. We didn't get anything at all. Column didn't say, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? No, 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 I'm paying. I insist. Column didn't say anything at all. He walked right past the concession stand and headed for theater too. It made me feel funny, but not the funny that makes you laugh. I had it all planned out in my head. When we were leaving the movie theater, I would say to her, let's take a different route to the cafe this time. My brother lost his wallet yesterday. Maybe we'll find it. Too bad we didn't find it. Oh, a chocolate shop. I've never seen this chocolate shop before, I swear. Let's go in. Once inside, I would wink at the clerk and say, we would like two small pieces of dark chocolate, please. The clerk would go into the back of the store and bring out the enormous chocolate dragon I'd ordered custom-made that week. Carol would see the dragon, modeled after our cards, and be utterly amazed. Then she would read the note placed in the dragon's mouth, the note that said, You put the fire in my belly. That's why I didn't order any popcorn. I wanted Carol to be hungry for her chocolate. I couldn't concentrate on the movie. No popcorn. No popcorn. No popcorn. Maybe Colm didn't like the part with the large drink with only one straw. Maybe Colm was tired of going to the movies. Maybe it, Maybe I was the only one who enjoyed being with the two of us. Unlike the last horror movie we watched, I didn't pretend to be scared just so I could bury my head in his shoulder. When the Spider Queen leapt at the captain's throat, biting him and screaming, This ship is mine! This ship is mine! Carol didn't even jump. What last horror movie we watched, she was scared of everything. And that's when I realized Carol didn't seem to be having any fun. I should have picked Woofy. There you go. I made the wrong choice. Again. When we were leaving the theater, she said... I'm cold. I'm going to take the bus home. On an impulse, all of a sudden, out of the blue, I said, But my brother, a uh, different route. Are you hungry? His wallet. I'm hungry, not you. You have to come. Come? Didn't understand a word he was saying. There was a silence. We looked at each other. His eyes said, I know I'm being really weird. I can't explain it to you, but trust me. And my eyes replied, I don't know what's going on, but I'll follow you because you're column. We took a different route, not to the Cafe of Dragons and Kings and New Street, and then another, and then another. I didn't even know where we were anymore. We turned a corner, and then he said, here we are. I stopped dead in my tracks. There we were, there at last. Just a few seconds more, and I could offer a gift to my princess. I couldn't go any further. I was frozen, rooted. My heart, my hands, my legs wanted to flee. We were right at the corner where Shortbread got run over. 
I shoved my hand into my pocket. I took out a coin. I said, oh, a chocolate shop. Let me get you a little piece of dark chocolate. I could see the garbage can. I could see the garbage truck. I could hear shortbread saying, yes, it was here. I said, come here. Come over here, Carol. You must be hungry. I could see shortbread on the road, squashed beneath the tire. Come on, let's go in. I'll buy you a little chocolate. I could hear shortbread screams being swallowed by the noise of grinding trash. Just one tiny little chocolate. I could hear shortbread telling me it's your fault. Come on, Carol. Your fault. All your fault. Come on. I was in too big a hurry. I took her by the hand. As soon as he touched me, I yelled, You're a jerk! You're a jerk for bringing me here! I regretted it the moment it came out of my mouth. Colum stared at me, dead still with his mouth hanging open. You would have thought he was a corpse. The coin he was holding fell out of his hand in slow motion. I could hear the plink it made when it hit the ground. I wish I could have explained to Colum what was going on. Explained that one day my father came into my room and told me, Carol, your brother is not your brother. Your mother is not your mother. I am not your father. You came in a box with a bottle by registered mail. We decided to keep you. We should have told you before. In that moment, my world came crashing down. The people I thought were my family were strangers, and some stranger somewhere were my family. By way of apology, they gave me a cat. And that cat was the only true thing I had left. I named him Shortbread. And losing Shortbread meant losing everything all over again. That's what I should have told Colum. Instead, I yelled, You're a jerk. I deserve to be alone. I ran away. I watched Carol go. Flee from me. The fire at the core of my dragon belly went out. I lowered my eyes. There, where my coin fell, was a little red light. It reminded me of the dots you find on maps posted around cities, but instead of, you are here, it meant, here, something died. I looked up. I saw a second little red light on the other side of the street, near the garbage can. On the sidewalk, I saw other red dots. There were lots of them, actually. On the cars, through the windows of buildings, at the end of every branch of every tree, wherever death had been, I saw a red dot. I'd never even noticed. We live in an apple tree. The next day, I went to the movies and watched Flowers in Springtime. I cried from beginning to end.
We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. After three days, the loneliness was unbearable. I went to the pet store. I bought a tarantula. After millions of red dots, I needed some life. I went to the garden center. I bought a fern. Eat your meat. Grow fast, fern. (laughs) Eat your meat. Grow fast, fern. Please eat meat. Faster, fern. Yes, I know I shouldn't come over to your place out of the blue without warning you or calling you or announcing my presence. Yes, I know it's not nice and maybe even a little bit criminal to track down your address by hacking into your internet provider. Yes, I know I shouldn't have done any of that and I am a jerk. But I absolutely had to tell you. You are my green apple in a world of red. That's why you have lips like ripe fruit. I'd find it easier to imagine myself without a computer than without you. I didn't want to wait till I had leukemia to tell you that. That's all. Thank you. Bye. I'm in love with my dead cat. I'm trying to stop, but I can't. He got run over near the chocolate shop. That's why I yelled at you. Shortbread and I were together for 17 years. We knew everything about each other. Our moods, our favorite shows. We loved each other, even in the morning before the toothpaste and the comb. Never again will I be lucky enough to have someone lick my toes. Eat your meat. My meat? Uh, Not you. Ginger snap. Aw, you bought a kitten to replace the... Ugh. Uh, is she dangerous? Yep. Hi, Ginger snap. I'm Colum. She doesn't talk yet. You sure? Yeah. Because I think... Did you hear that? Hear what? Ginger snap said something, I swear. You heard that, didn't you? No, what did she say? She said, This ship is mine! This ship is mine! (laughs) 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 Sit down. Why? 
exit. What are you... Colm, don't! Don't joke about that! It's not a joke. I want to. Let me take care of you. when he was in pain around me he purred sorry that's more like it longer again again shortbread shortbread you're right, it was my fault. I left the window open. Oh, sorry. I... <laughs> oh. You're not a jerk, Column. You're the opposite of a jerk. I don't know if I can love you as much as I loved shortbread. I'd love for you to love me as much as you can love Colm. But don't be perfect, okay? I find perfect people annoying. Plus, they give me a complex... I am far from perfect. Prove it. Uh-huh. I almost got a criminal record. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what for? Well, I, I can't tell you. You'll judge me. I'm in love with a cat. I'm in no position to judge. Promise it won't change anything between us? I swear by shortbread. I... Torched my family when I was a baby. Okay. Why? No idea. The firefighters found me surrounded by the corpses of three women. They'd held me so tight between them that the flames couldn't reach me. One of the firefighters offered to take me home. He couldn't imagine me growing up without a family. Once I came into his house, the firefighter gave me a new name. He called me Colum. Because when he found me, I was calm in the midst of the horror. So, your family is not your family? No.
I'd still love to introduce you to my brother, though. <laughs> he has a wife, two kids, a pool, a dog, and a cottage. That sounds boring. We should see a movie instead. Which one? Woofy. <laughs> <laughs> On one condition. Do you, Carol, promise me, Colm, that we will share one straw? I do. That was part two of Wildfire. Part three is available now on Play Me. Wildfire was translated by Liana Brody from Le Brasier by David Paquette. The original theatrical production was directed by Sohil Parza. It featured Zorana Sadiq, Sue Gray, and Paul Dunn. David Paquette's Le Brasier was a creation of the company L'Homme Allumette, first presented on the Jean-Claude Germain stage of the Théâtre du Centre d'Aujourd'hui, Montreal, in the fall of 2016. This episode's sound design and edit are by Chris Tolley. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can connect with us by emailing playme at cbc.ca. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Play Me through Google or Apple Podcasts. By subscribing, you can listen to all our past shows and you won't miss a single one of our new episodes. And while you're there, we would love it if you would consider rating and reviewing us. It helps spread the word about our podcast, bringing theatre to a whole new audience. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley in partnership with CBC Podcasts. Our associate producer is Mary Chris Rivera. A special thanks to our CBC team. Anna Ashate is our digital producer, and our executive producer is Cecil Fernandez. The director of CBC Podcasts is Arif Narani, and the executive director is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information about our plays, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.